do not attempt to adjust the settings on your device. The sounds you hear are not hallucinations. You have entered the mind of someone that has a taste for the macabre, the strange, the unusual, and the morbid. Don't be shy. Step inside, warm up your mug, and enjoy your visit into the world that is the Nightcap. Greetings, my friends, and welcome to the Nightcap, where nothing is taboo or wicked, and the topics are always eerie and intriguing. Your humble storyteller has given you some scares and a few surprises, but you haven't heard anything yet. I have been swirling around lots of fanciful plans in my head since leaving the world of serial killers, and have only given you a small taste of what I have found until now. My journey into the back rooms left me craving a curiosity that I hadn't felt in a millennia. Once I emerged, my need to sate it has become a hunger and then a visceral, uncontrollable rage of desire to know about the most unfathomable and least talked about aspects of the cosmos and beyond. As it turns out, this narrator uncovered far more than either you or I bargained for. If you have the burning itch to join me, crazy space cadets, strap on your NASA suits, adventure out into the cold darkness of the vacuum, and brace yourselves for the top 10 enigmatic riddles of the universe. Starting off on a very ominous note, most of us have some rudimentary understanding of how the universe may have come to be created from some standpoint. Either a god created it, or random happenstance from the result of energy inexorably coming together to create an outward explosion so great that all matter, energy, and mass became everything, and all that there is now is all that there ever will be until the universe shrinks back to nothing again. Kind of mind-blowing to think about, right? How about the concept of the opposite of everything? Absolute nothing. Yes, there is a theory about that and some of you out there that study physics, astronomy, astrophysics, and other related fields are probably calling foul right now. Just relax and clutch your PhDs, guys and girls. Your hypotheses and knowledge are safe. If you aren't familiar with molecules, matter, or energy, the universe is made up of all of this, and to think that every single particle of space is not occupied by one of these, or something else, is almost sacrilege in the science world. But there is some degree of study to back this up. For example, a vacuum in space is completely devoid of matter. But again, some experts claim that even vacuums contain matter, but in fluctuations at a time creating mass simultaneously, and not all at the same time. Dubbed the quantum vacuum, it is almost impossible to quantify just how minuscule these particles are, but they have been observed under controlled situations such as at the Hadron Collider. Just as an elephant would not care about an ant, most humans don't and in actuality can't comprehend the presence of these particles. But on a molecular level, if science ever gets that far, being shrunk, for example, would make an unseen world visible, giving us a much clearer understanding on how this unseen world operates. 
In space, there are very few spots with a black spot, indicating a lack of stars, planets, nebulas, quasars, or black holes. But the uncertainty principle explains that even in these rare occurrences, that virtual particles come in and out so rapidly to change energy that it is almost impossible to track the time signature of when it phased in and out. In 1933, American physicist Max Delbruck suggested that light would be the best catalyst to cause a reaction to these particles and further study each proton's behavior, also known as Delbruck. Brook scattering. The test was applied in 1975, but had little result and is still being perfected. The closest device to come close to using light technology for this application is in a facility in Romania called Extreme Light Infrastructure, which uses polarized gamma rays, which shortens exposure time as it hits each group of protons, allowing for a more concise readout. Other such theories, such as the Casimir effect, have had their successes and failures. In 1887, Albert Michelson and Edward Mosley hypothesized that the gas ether was not responsible for light being able to propagate between particles, allowing the rapid movements to occur. They conducted a test measuring the speed of light in perpendicular directions, finding no difference, which earned Michelson the Nobel Prize in 1907, becoming the first Nobel laureate from the US. The Casimir effect, however, has been tested and proven time and time again, showing how accurate it is. Discovered in 1948 by Dutch physicist Henrik Casimir, it describes the force that pushes two objects together due to surrounding waves. Since these objects are on what is essentially a constantly fluctuating wave, they interact periodically creating friction and uniform movement patterns occurs over and over again. The Casimir effect explains that as these nudge and create traction, they bridge the energy gap and their by exert force, which then in turn results in something becoming something and then nothing again, repeating the process an infinite number of times. While there is still a lot more to uncover, and the research can be extremely difficult to comprehend as you have no doubt gathered, but what is extremely chilling is not the how, but the why, and that may never be uncovered. The universe is black, really black. I don't think you know just how black it is. What if I told you that everyone you cared about was being swallowed up right now as you listen to this? Don't worry, it's just how it is. How exactly? Black holes, my friends. They are everywhere. Micro, macro, and supermassive black holes. Usually, black holes are the result of a collapsed star, leaving behind a gravity well that sucks everything into it from stardust, matter, dark matter, energy, and anything else that gets in its path. Oh, if only the universe were that straightforward though. Supermassive black holes, unlike stellar black holes, can contain hundreds of millions of times the mass of a star, such as the one that is near Earth, for example. What most astronomers have all agreed on, however, is that every galaxy contains a supermassive black hole at its center, and the reasoning is simple. Balance and necessity. Every galaxy is inadvertently tied to each other, and these center masses, where the supermassive black holes dwell, are the strings that bind them all in an energetic cosmic embrace. You may still be asking why, however, and the short answer is, no one really knows. There's a rotating theory, and that is that every galaxy has a certain dark matter halo that orbits around its perimeter that serves to focus and concentrate material as the galaxy was first forming, with some of this material becoming unstable over time, and eventually forming these supermassive black holes while the rest went on to create stars. 
Astronomers are also not ruling out the possibility that these black holes came first and galaxies formed around them, which would account for a more cohesive pull to a center mass, but still doesn't explain why each galaxy isn't obliterated immediately. That reminds me, did I mention dark matter? Guess what's next? There are a plethora of things that exist in the silent wastes of the interstellar expanse, having long held to be both perplexing, frustrating, and forever entangled in theory as to how they got there. But one has experts so mired in confusion and bewilderment that the very mention of it excites and angers those nearby. I am, of course, talking about dark matter. Aside from seemingly negating Newton's law of gravity, the presence of dark matter wasn't discovered until 1933 by Swiss astronomer Franz Zwicky and Jan Oort, who used the Virial Theorem, which basically uses a mathematic equation to relate to the average kinetic energy over time of a stable system of discrete particles that are bound by potential forces along with the total potential energy of the system. In other words, kinetic energy bouncing off of each other to gain, regain, and change momentum as energy is introduced. Math is not my strong suit, my friends, so bear with me. This conundrum is difficult to explain. Observing a cluster called Coma revealed that these masses did not follow normal gravitational behaviors, and eventually, it was strongly theorized that dark matter was the culprit. Since their overall movement was so odd, most experts today believe that dark matter is what they call the thermal relic left over from the Big Bang, with the biggest transition called the freeze-out being the biggest change which saw a rapid slowdown in how particles collided resulting in less chemical reactions. With dark matter being the leftover molecular stew, and the universe being as unimaginably huge as it is, dark matter has less interactions with other masses, which is why we most likely see pockets of these gravitational changes just swirling around with virtually no change. Because this particle is so rare and very new to scientific study, there isn't a lot that anyone can currently learn about it, and the current consensus is that it'll be drifting around until it, or the universe, is no more. You, me, and everything in the observable universe, no matter where you are, is made up of one constant thing, energy. Star particles are part of your DNA, your brain, and your very being. The air you breathe is everything that the universe is, and we are all part of this confusing, glorious mess of a life experience. So, if that is the case, why then is there such a ridiculous thing called dark energy? Think of dark energy as the magnetic attractor, and dark matter as the repellent. It is the very thing that expands the universe, unlike dark matter, which pushes it. Fascinating that both forces are at a constant, invisible tug-of-war that gives existence its chaotic balance that keeps us from all imploding. The theory of dark energy is very new to researchers, and was only really entertained after astronomers noticed that the Hubble showed a very distant supernova, albeit a very long time ago, that gave an idea that the universe was expanding a lot slower than it is today. 
Gravity was originally thought to be the culprit of a more rapid expanse, but was scrapped when theorists came up with three explanations, but the one that seemed to stick is a theory of Einstein's called a cosmological constant that explained that gravity isn't as linear as he thought, and that there was some strange energy fluid that occupied parts of space, and that this fluid generates fields, causing cosmic acceleration. Eventually, it was dubbed dark energy, but experts are still in the infancy of discovery of this wondrous and mysterious anomaly. So let's talk about what is known about it. Dark energy does create acceleration, but it isn't understood how. What is insane is that astronomers still believe that dark energy makes up 68% of the universe, while dark matter only makes up around 27%. For you earthbound creatures, I have some staggering news for you. All of life and the planet itself is only made up of 5% regular matter, which is ironic considering no one had any idea that the very essence of life comes from the dark side of the force, so to speak. Our previous discussion regarding the nothing of space ties into dark energy, and another aspect of dark energy that we know is that it has constant interaction with these invisible protons and the seemingly empty voids, which in turn creates more over a period of time in an endless factory of molecular births. This is, of course, merely a theory, and has rendered more falsities than anything, and so far, the search to figure out what dark energy is continues. The Big Bang Something that is arguably the most debated topic regarding the origins of the universe. How could nothing produce nothing? How did life begin? Why did it only happen once? What produced such an unfathomable amount of energy to create everything? We have sound guesses and many have come closer and closer to an answer, but the truth is, we'll never know for sure. What happened after the Big Bang should be more understood and explored, such as the Horizon Problem. The mere idea that light travel is the fastest mode of travel, aside from theoretical wormholes, is another Einstein theory that has yet to be debunked and is accepted by pretty much every Earth scientist. There is, however, an issue with this, and was pointed out in 1956 by physicist Wolfgang Rindler, who is also famous for coining the term event horizon, which is a space that does not affect observers, most often taking place inside a black hole where time, light, and even matter has no meaning or effect. The cosmic limbo, if you will. Soon after, experts put their heads together to try and understand how light increased its journey time from point A to point B. No one understood why light did this, but it was explained that since the universe is expanding at a rate that has yet to be calculated, there is a finite distance that it can travel since every observable universe has a radius of 14 billion light years. As the universe expands, so does the distance. What we are living in now is called the Hot Big Bang, or the end stages of the outward explosion that created everything. Since the beginning of that, the universe has doubled in size in every conceivable universe from the 14 billion light years to 28 billion light years, creating a strange hiccup in Einstein's theory. Since molecules need chemical reactions to enact change, there is an ongoing theory that certain parts will remain opaque and unchanging until universal expansion is complete, and this is another small theory as to why communication with extraterrestrial life may be all but impossible in certain sectors of the cosmos. The other part of this is the Fermi Paradox, but that is a discussion for another time. It is a sad but fascinating realization that some forms of life will never see each other. But then again, maybe that is a good thing, considering what you may have seen in sci-fi movies.
On Earth, the ozone layer protects you from very harmful cosmic rays, gamma rays, solar winds, etc. It serves an important function and displays the fragile nature of the planet, and if it were gone, how life would cease to exist. How, then, would it stand up to what Japanese physicists have called ultra-energetic cosmic rays? Cosmic rays travel extremely long distances, but by the time they reach any atmosphere, they have since collided with low-level proton particles severely weakening their effects, and it is rare that they maintain their mass before hitting any planet or object, and Einstein called this the Griesen-Zatzmann-Kutzmann limit. However, the Aquino Giant Air Shower Array in Tokyo has detected several rays that have somehow negated the limit. What is troubling astronomers is that they believe this energy can have only originated in the Milky Way galaxy possessing the amount of energy that it has before reaching Earth, but are unable to pinpoint where they came from. Here's where things get eyebrow raising. Since this phenomenon is very new in the scientific world the last decade or so, only two sound theories have come out. The first is the most troubling, and that is that Einstein's theory of relativity was severely flawed or wrong. He claimed that space is the same in all directions, but as stated with the horizon problem, there are serious questions that need to be answered here. The other answer is simpler. The array results were wrong. Despite the simplest or most dynamic explanation, there is still a lot of research and studying to do on this, and experts haven't even scratched the photonic surface yet, but whatever conclusion they come to will likely rewrite science books. The scariest part about the solar system you listeners occupy isn't that each planet hasn't been thoroughly explored or that we don't fully understand much about it. The mere fact that it has an actual border should terrify you, and that past said border, there's virtually nothing beyond it. Past Pluto lies the Kuiper Belt, which is jagged icy rocks, which is also known as the Kuiper Cliff. At some point, astronomers believe that this vast structure of debris was once a planet that was swept away by an unknown force, and it is where the theory of a planet X came into play, but has never been observed. The reason this is on the list, despite that virtually nothing about the belt or what lies beyond it is known, is that there hasn't been any observable evidence to disprove activity or presence of anything. The New Horizons probe was launched by NASA in 2006 and has since found large objects such as Arakoth, which is officially the most distant and most primitive object ever explored by Earth spacecraft. Because it is so far away from the sun, scientists are hoping to retrieve enough information about the objects floating in the belt to give a clear understanding about the origins of the Big Bang and what the solar system was like in its infancy. With New Horizons currently in orbit around parts of the Kuiper Belt, astronomers are anxious to find out the strange orbit patterns of objects and to prove the existence of the fabled Planet X. There is so much to learn about this cold and often overlooked sector of space that it would be a shame to neglect it too much, lest ancient origins are lost to time itself. While space travel for humans is something that is still very new, there have been great leaps in exploration from lunar rovers and landing on the moon to Voyager 1 and 2 making it to Uranus and Neptune. There have also been advances in attempts to colonize Mars, as it has one of the more stable environments that can be colonized, cultivated, and mined for resources. But the unstable winds and harsh landscape as it stands has been an ongoing challenge, leaving scientists to have sophisticated robots do the legwork of scanning terrain, mapping the 
surface and finding samples to bring back for analyzing. Enter the Viking Landers. The first of their kind, these now obsolete machines were sent to Mars in 1976 to collect soil samples and mix them with carbon-14 labeled nutrients to stimulate an organic reaction to detect any traces of life on the planet. To the delighted surprise of Gilbert Levin, the lead engineer in charge of the mission, the results came up positive. Something in the Martian soil is ingesting the nutrients and expelling gas laced with carbon-14. Why is it then that there was no applause or celebration? There are a multitude of calibrations in regard to detecting something as complex as the building blocks of life, and one such vital instrument, which identifies organic molecules that are considered essential to this process, detected nothing. That didn't stop further study, and to get more missions to the planet to find more. As time went on, more rovers set down and discovered that the surface was wet at one time, and certainly harbored diverse forms of life, with every analysis coming to the conclusion that Levitt was onto something. Not only did his research stand the test of time so far, but molecular biologists are discovering a circadian rhythm associated with how the cells and the soil react to nutrients almost certainly showing a life cycle. However, these molecules are what scientists refer to as chiral, and that they have a left and right way of producing in equal numbers rather than in random increments. Think of it as a form of asexual reproduction where the organism does not need anything else to replicate. All signs point to a landmark discovery coming, but the real reason for these to exist at all remains a mystery to be sure. I just hope this isn't a precursor to Mars attacks. The human race has a long history of meddling in nature and science to create some of the worst weapons in history, but also some of the most unstable, yet positive life-changing discoveries that has forever altered how things are done. Nuclear fusion, for example, gave countries the hydrogen, atomic, and nuclear bomb, but also gave one of the most efficient ways to produce electricity, which is nuclear power. The problem with nuclear power is how unstable it can become, as seen by Chernobyl and the Fukushima meltdowns. What most don't know about or heard in passing as a purely mythological source of energy is the almost buried secret of cold fusion. Back in 1989, the US Navy was conducting experiments with nuclear reactions to see if they could achieve the same energy output as a regular reactor on a much smaller scale that was possible only inside stars and at room temperature. The original experiment used palladium plates soaked in deuterium, which is basically a fancy word for hydrogen isotope. The two scientists that were responsible, Stanley Pons and Martin Fleshman, claimed to have achieved this monumentally impossible task, but the results were not able to be replicated and were soon seen as a fluke, leaving the research to die. That is, until 2015, when Google decided to re-examine the research and try their hand at it. Instead of calling it cold fusion, they referred to it as low-energy nuclear reaction. The atoms that are used to create regular nuclear fusion undergo high-volume heat, which is why cooling is so important at nuclear reactor plants. In theory, cold fusion would reduce the need to cool with the atoms even at such rapid speeds, which is why this technology has become so hard, since it seems nearly impossible given the inability to reproduce the energy a neutron star does every second. As of 2015, the project has stalled but hasn't stopped. Instead of using the other hydrogen isotopes from the 1989 study, they are now using tritium, or hydrogen-3, with metallic dust to achieve results. 
So far, heating up metallic dust has seen no effect in fusion, but the instruments recording it are said to be too inferior to calculate anything substantial except unwarranted excessive heat, which Google claims the opposite is happening. Maybe the solution lies in the cosmos. Perhaps dark energy, or a dash of dark matter will do the trick. I think all it needs is the right chef to make the recipe work, but don't leave the gas on and blow up the entire galaxy. Alien reports have been around since people have been able to question themselves and where they come from. So much is still misunderstood or known, and Earth scientists are still in heated conversations about what alien life really is, and not poorly outfitted 50s gray-black bug-eyed creatures. There are those that have been watching the skies for a sign or any clear indication that something is out there, and every so often, there's a blip on the radar, and sometimes, that blip is seen as a potential sign that something is trying to make contact. That is exactly what happened in 1977, when researchers were using Ohio University's Big Ear Telescope during a standard SETI search, or Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. What they received back on their readout made them go, wow and even circle the coordinates on the readout writing WOW next to it to indicate that whatever was picked up was not at all normal and could potentially be a message or attempt by alien life to reach out to the stars. Originating about 1800 light years away in the constellation Sagittarius, it is still considered the best radio signal candidate for alien life lasting 1 minute and 12 seconds. The now defunct telescope operated using hydrogen, which produced a high frequency band of around 1420 megahertz, which has become part of the skeptical part if the signal was, indeed, from another world. But some astronomers believe that because hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe, it is possible that the signal was produced by another civilization using similar technology, and the telescope picked it up. That hasn't stopped the skeptics from exploring the origins of the signal further, even going so far as to reproduce the results again and again, and coming up empty, which lends more credence to the strong possibility that it was a natural occurrence, but not by a passing object, such as a comet, which has been ruled out. Still, some claim that the signal was produced as a one-time signal from a civilization that no longer exists, and it reached Earth too late, which is why it hasn't been able to retrieve the same signal twice. The coordinates of the star that the signal originated from has about the same density and luminosity and temperature as the Milky Way galaxy sun, with astronomers still hyper-focused on this particular particular point in the universe to figure out what created the signal and if there's any hope of getting anything similar in the future. The search continues for other high band signals, but so far, none have come through. The radios seem silent, but the wheels are always turning in the universe, so never say never. And so at last, we come to the end of our journey, here and back again, from the start of the stars to ending at the restaurant at the edge of the universe, where I intend to have my much-deserved gourmet dinner. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed narrating. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe on all platforms where you hear this podcast, and drop me a direct message on Instagram, at TheNightCap, for any topics that you would like to hear. I also have a Ko-Fi page, where you can drop a tip if you feel so inclined to say thanks, or buy me a brew, which I surely will enjoy on my off hours. Link to the donation page and my Instagram will be in the description. Until next time, be safe and stay curious.